right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, you'll know what it is. 2-8 in the building. Yeah, yay. Uh, so this is, if you listen to one, we got four weeks of podcasts now. If you listen to one every day, we're up to four We got almost I mean, a month in. I mean, we got, we got enough for the month of February, but we're not with regular months yet. So, you know, we got to keep it going. Every month does have 28 days, though. So we do have it for every month. You really think about it. No, we don't. We have for partially of almost every month. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Um, anyway, prob- probably a little bit of a quick one night, but you know what it is, quality over quantity all the time, and we give you plenty of quantity in that quality. I don't think we give them either one, but you know, yeah, it's, it's, I agree. It's a thought that counts, right? <laughs> they say. I don't know. I've had a lot of people thinking about giving me money until it hits my hand. It doesn't really matter. It's all hypothetical until then. You did. All right, who you got? 28. 28 listen man 28 was a sneaky strong number it's a big running back number it's a huge running back number and i'm going with a running back i'm going with a running back who probably um statistically is the worst of all of the well-known 28 running backs but because of what he meant to the community um our connection and how we originally formed this partnership you know i gotta go well warwick wow don has to be work done, man. He was also he was also one of my top three all time every single time fantasy draft picks in Madden in the early two thousands. I had to grab him, but I'm picking work done not really because of what he did on the field, even though he was an underrated beast. It was because Dunn established Homes for the Holidays (HFTH) program in 1997 and started Work Done Charities (WDC) in 2002. This guy's been giving out homes since the 90s. He's been doing it almost as long as you've been alive. It's been it's he he to me is what a, a hero in sports is supposed to be. You know, people be like, "Oh my God, that guy's so good. He's my hero." But yeah, that's cool. Work Done was a Pro Bowler. I think he went to the Pro Bowl three times, so he was a baller. But what he did in the community stands above all of that. And, you know, you got to mention it. Walter Payton, man of the year, of course, in 2004. So got to give it to Warwick. Well done. I'm glad I'm glad you talked. You brought up Warwick. Um, I, I know I wanted to. He, he stood out. Yeah. And you're right. He, he was like uh, it, there was something about Falcon running backs where I always wanted to pick them in fantasy. Like, like Michael Turner was the same person to me when he was there. And that was like, I was kind of a small back, doesn't look that good, but then put the monster numbers all the time. Um, Warwick, also a part of maybe one of, if not the most lethal, you know, running quarterback, running back tandems ever. Um, and until a couple months ago, had a great, uh, you know, legacy story through Habitat for Humanity, building homes for the community. Um, still a great story, uh, you know, having built Deshaun Watson a home when he was a kid. Um, you know, so that, that took a different turn this year, you know, some may say, but uh, regardless, guilty, he doesn't man. get there without proven guilty. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he just missed out on that Buccaneers championship too, which I feel bad about, but, yep. you know, beast mode. So did Tony Dude, yeah, him and him and uh, Mike Allscott, yeah, two dudes that are just like they like they are all time fan favorites. 
Yeah, they, they had a crew down there. It was like you even thrown like John Lynch before he went to the Broncos. Everyone loved that crew. Um, big Warren Sapp. But yeah, no, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we could talk about work done because he he I definitely wanted he was the one I was gonna shout out. Um he wasn't the one that I ended up going with for mine, um, just because I knew mine wouldn't be brought up otherwise. Um, but I'm I'm so I'm very glad that we got to discuss work. I know who it is. Do you? <laughs> the man who had maybe my favorite type of job security that you can have in sports. I, I'm, I'm giving a shout out to Doug Mirabelli as he had job protection for about eight years because he was the only one that could catch a knuckleball from Tim Wakefield. He had the type of job security that when he signed away as a free agent in 2006, they traded for him back. I don't know. Maybe he, I think maybe left in 05 and we brought him back middle of 2006. His job security was so good for Tim Wakefield that when we traded for him, he got a police escort in full uniform from Logan airport and like ran in and he didn't even warm up with Tim Wakefield. That's how like close the game time was. It was like when they took the field, he still wasn't in the dugout yet. And he basically just had to come out straight out into the game. Um, because like the Red Sox had a very good catcher at the time, Jason Veritek was completely incapable of catching a knuckleball. And I, th- that's like the ultimate schemers paradise in, uh, in, in sports is to just do the one thing in the weird one specific situation that no one else can do very well. And you have a job for life. Friends is what you call privilege. So shout out to that. Knuckleball um, privilege. I know, you know, they talk about it every day. Listen, I ain't mad at it. I mean, if ever people wanted him not to work, learn how to catch the ball. Just like, I'm not with this whole stop scoring. Stop me from scoring. That's how I look mm-hmm. at life, you know? Yeah, you don't want me to bat flip on you? Don't let me hit a ball 500 feet. Yeah, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah. And I never understood that. It's like, oh, it's showboating. All right, you can showboat when you strike me out, but if you don't, then I'm a pimple. No, showboating would be if I literally am in a dugout going crazy and I'm not even part of the game. To me, that's so showboating. That's like that's like Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner likes to do that. But that, that's a story for for another day. I never thought I'd have to bring up Brett Gardner here. Uh, I despise maybe no athlete more than him, just from an annoyance level. That is a story for another day. Indeed. So where would you like to start the day, sir? Uh, oh, man. It's been, I, I was watching some of the Chess World Cup today. That was pretty exciting. All right. Okay. That's a great way. Hold on. That's, that's an amazing way to start because <laughs> I've been thinking about this for two fucking days. Actually, I thought about this for a long time. But last night, I was up waiting for the USA game at 1240 a.m. Eastern time. And they had the, uh, they had the fucking – I've never seen this before. So maybe you have on ESPN two. It was a two hour feature length documentary about the world series of foosball. Right. And I'm like, peep, peep this, Ivan. So it wasn't, they wasn't playing the games. They had a two hour documentary feature on foosball. Right. So I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, okay, before that came on on ESPN two, this isn't the Ocho before that came on, they had the, the national championships of, of um, Frisbee golf. I was like, huh. And now we've already talked about how ESPN shows 
um, cornhole. When I was in high school and college, they used to they used to do arm wrestling and and uh, rock paper scissors. I remember watching this. So this is the question I pose to you: At what point do we stop letting white people invent sports so that they can be competitive again? Just keeps us a little quieter, I think. No, it don't because those guys was winning and being dicks. Like, like Bull, Bull was playing foosball with his offhand. It was like, I don't expect to lose any Raleigh. I'm like, dog, you're playing foosball. When, when the, the moment that we that people figure out that there's competitive cornhole to win, we're fucked. That that's the last frontier, I think. I don't think so. Cause y'all still got darts. Y'all got billards. Mm, the Brit, the Brits love them some darts. Love them some darts. Y'all still got obviously you got got frisbee golf. Uh, it's sort of sprawl in these parts. Not can't can't put that together. Can't put those two words together. But like even the Olympics, speed walking, I think was put in for the whites. I think skateboarding was put in for the Have whites. Have you ever watched that event, by the way? No. You know it's why? Wild. Because I think I can do it. That's why. Oh, I don't so I'm, really... glad, I'm glad you said that. that. That's a perfect segue. I saw this uh, question posed on the social mediums uh, today, and I saw one reasonable answer, uh, and it was you get three, four, call it whatever you want, years to train for the next Olympics and you have to win bronze in an event, what do you choose? I'll let you pick one and then I'm going to tell you what the one well-thought-out answer I saw was. So you have three years to train for any Olympic event but you have to win bronze is what you're saying? Yeah, or like what's the one that you think you have the best chance of winning bronze? At this point in my life, to win bronze – Are we talking summer or winter? Summer. Summer Olympics. That makes it a lot harder. Summer Olympics to win bronze. Honestly, there's two that come to mind, but I'll only say one so I don't cheat the the question. Breakdancing. Okay. What was your cheat the question answer? I was going to say breakdancing or a team sport like any of them where there's more than five people where I don't have to actually play, but I could be a player coach. Yeah, no, my favorite answer and the only answer that I thought was actually well reasoned was oh, I could I'm ab I could absolutely bring the US men's national team down to the bronze in basketball. I I could definitely bring us from gold down to bronze. <laughs> they, they, well, we, they just went the other way. They didn't go for like it was we, an accomplishment. Oh, okay. They we, just like, yeah, but, I can bring us down to bronze. But we might <laughs> We might actually do that by ourselves, so <laughs> we probably don't need you to bring us down to bronze. Oh yeah, it depends who if if, if Braun and Steph and, and like we get that caliber, then yeah, they they then we can bring us. They not playing. They are not playing. Never again. You think too much money? No. Steph Curry yeah. just signed the second two hundred million dollar plus contract, the first time in American sports history. He ain't ever playing for the Olympics again. Shout out to the A10, even though it wasn't part of the A10 when he went there. Yeah, true, true. Shout out to UNC and Duke for not actually signing a North Carolina kid that could shoot. Hashtag just a kid from Akron. We're not doing that. So, Olympics. What's the next white sport to make it in? Um, Hmm. I think I like office games. I mean, cornhole. Hmm. I feels I I could see cornhole. I feel like darts has a better chance than cornhole. Darts feels like it's already part of it, I, and I don't think it is. I think you're right. <laughs> it, it certainly feels like it is already. Does that make sense? Like, it, I mean, like because you got skeet shooting, which is basically darts with a gun. 
Like, yeah, it's like less extreme. Or, yeah, it's you got the javelin throw. You got the javelin throw, which is a big dart. It's just a big dart <laughs> without feathers. Dart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Now I got to confirm this. Or, like, there has to be some push for it because it's huge in the UK. Committee have said it may become incorporated in 2024 games. Called it. <laughs> Called it. Nailed that shit. I, I love Nailed that it. people are like vehemently like, yes, it should be an Olympic sport. Dog, they took wrestling out of the Olympics like 10 years ago, and that was the original. Here's another Olympic one bowling. Sport. Bowling. Bowling's a great one. That's a good pull. Bowling's a good pull. I'm just waiting for the time. Like let's, let's even cheat it even more. Candlepin bowling. Listen, I'm, I'm just waiting for the moment where the world just is like so fed up with regular sports that we start having gambling in the Olympics. Like, yo, blackjacks in the Olympics, like, dog. That's not even, even close to a sport. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, you know what would be really interesting? I don't You definitely can't regulate it, but it would be an unbelievable thing to watch would be essentially Jacks. no like gambling, like professional gamblers gambling on the other Olympic events. <laughs> and you start with a bankroll. Whoever has the highest bankroll wins. I'm with it. I'm with it. You, Who, you know, whoever people has would watch bankroll, that. Whoever has the highest bankroll gets the gold medal. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Whoever makes the most money betting on the other Olympic sports. And the Russians in the U.S. would always win because we're all going to cheat. Which well, is I'm happy. I'm happy you just said that. There is zero percent chance, I believe, these Russian athletes, even though they aren't technically under the Russian banner, are oh, not yeah. dotted their minds. <laughs> Russia has been balling at the fucking Olympics, dog. Like I, I was thinking about that watching, and I, I think it must have been gymnastics a, a few nights ago. And I was like, yeah, no, dude, they've I was, been balling. I was, like, in I was gymnastics. like, first of all, that that new flag that they have for the Russian Olympic whatever trash. Um, that's just the Olympic. They do that for every Olympic country that camp. Oh, is it really? MVP. Yeah, 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 See, yeah. There's just so many more Russians than any other. Yeah, there was. I saw one noticed. other nation that had that flag outside of Russia, and I didn't even know I, where I it would, was. If I had seen it, if I saw it, I just assumed it was Russia. Dude, there is zero percent chance that these these athletes are not doped out of their minds. Like, there's I like I I saw I saw like a Russian that was like about to get like silver and skateboard, and I was like, "What are y'all doing? Like, y'all cheating somehow?" I don't <laughs> yo, believe yo, I, I love. I've loved some of the like dark humor, like shitty stuff that's coming. Well, some I should say. Like I love when it's like, why is the U.S. not dominating skateboarding? It's like because we you, we weren't allowed to send people that could couldn't pass a drug test. Like, <laughs> all our best yeah. skateboarders, if they were high, would win. Oh, for sure, and and that's why I feel bad for Nigel because Nigel is the best skateboarder that we have. But he was he grew up a Rastafarian, but he was like a vegan Rastafarian where he didn't need, he was too young yeah, to like do a drugs. JME style, except JME doesn't smoke. Yeah, he was too young to do drugs, and now he probably is like, well, I don't need to do drugs now because I'm not even a Rasta, so I'm just gonna stay with the healthy thing. Right, and it's wild, man. It's absolutely wild. Like I thought, but, that we were gonna crush in skateboarding, and we did yeah. not. We got crushed. But but I I will say because I don't I don't think we talked about. It. I think this all happened after the last time we recorded. We we haven't talked about Simone, right? I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, I feel like that's pretty big. Everything that happened as a result of that is pretty major and probably is worth talking about. Um, I don't think that we were not in agreement by any means. Um, I feel like it could have been handled better. 
from the perspective of like announcing it as an injury rather than just citing mental health, which while that should work, people have like a, when it comes to athletes, no one buys into that or they mm-hmm. don't as much as they should. Oh no, we talked about it a little bit, I think, because we, we talked about um, Paul George, I think, and, and other athletes. And yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we not did. Getting we the did. Sympathy, but do you think, because the big thing I was thinking about yesterday and I feel like it's been probably a mixed reaction. Like, what, what are your thoughts on her competing was it this morning, last night, mm-hmm. whenever it was? Um, it's, it's been weird to be on my new work shift because I, like, actually watch things live now because I'm up at, like, <laughs> 4.30 in the morning. And, like, I forget if they're live and what night it happened. Like, do you think that that hurts um, her? Not credibility. You, you get what I'm kind of trying to say. Yeah. Like, like, do you think that's a bad look? Should she have just sat it out the rest of the way? Like, I think this was the only event she had left. Um, so it felt a little weird that she chose yeah. to compete. I mean, obviously, all the power to her for giving it a shot. Um, but, you know, and then it's been some people, I think, are treating it like this is, like, the most unbelievable thing to ever happen in sports by way of resilience. And it's like, that mm-hmm. feels a little far, as does, like, oh, this whole thing was a hoax. Yeah, I, I think that, for me it doesn't really matter what I personally think, but I think that if she can compete, I look at it the same way I look at an injury. If you can compete, then compete. But if you can't, if you're going to be, if you're going to actually compute at, compete at a detriment to yourself or others, then don't compete. But to me, that's how, that's simple, simply how I look at it all. And I don't think she hurt her cause by competing, um, especially because she actually meddled and everything mm-hmm. that was going against her to meddle kind of compounds how great she actually is in, in, in some weird way. The part of the story that I would love your opinion on is the small but mighty reporting that this is all due to ADHD medicine and her not being able to legally take it in Japan. And that's why she couldn't focus. And that makes a lot of sense to me because mm-hmm. when you look it up, the medicine that she, she takes Ritalin, I believe, and you can't you could take Ritalin for sleeping disorders in Japan, but I don't think you're allowed to take it for ADHD. So technically, it's this weird gray area of if you're competing in a sport in a country that you're not allowed to take certain kind of medicine for, you probably aren't allowed to take it, which would make a lot of sense for her being disoriented, for her having That'll panic attacks. If you, yeah. I mean, like it feels weird that they like they would have known about that, what, a year or two at least. Yeah, out. she's been like, taking it since she was a little kid, I think. Right, but it's like you would have thought that the U.S. Olympic Committee would have tried to figure out a workaround that, like, mm-hmm. from sometime in the last three years, or like we know it's going to be in Tokyo. She's been taking this her entire life. Like, again, it's not like I don't think she has much faith in the establishment of the U.S. Gymnastics uh, Federation, nor should she. But, you know, it's like it would feel like there was ample time to. maybe they did um try and figure out something that she can use as a substitute for the time there that wouldn't i mean you know maybe they thought they had something and it reacted differently with her there um i i hadn't heard that actually so but it Mm. does as someone that had taken medicine for add like you stop taking that after taking it for years and years you you can feel thrown off and that's without that's like just going to school or trying to do mm-hmm. work doing that. That's not like putting your life on the line, jumping, right. You know, air. putting yourself through what 22,000 RPMs a second or, you know, like some crazy 
Um, I, think, I think that if that is actually the case, and there are there are numerous reports that are citing that's why she couldn't handle everything. It wasn't about the pressure. It was about the fact that she was off her medication and then everything was hitting her at the same time and she was disoriented and she couldn't focus at all. Um, and I think if I mean, it makes case, way more sense because like, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I didn't get was like, oh, it's the pressure. Oh, she's not tough. It's like I saw a tweet and it really summed it up quite nicely. It was basically like she won worlds or, mm-hmm. or some, you know, she won multiple major meets. I, I don't want to butcher what they are. One of them she won with a kidney stone. The mm-hmm. other one she won with broken bones in both feet. All of this while being a survivor of sexual assault mm-hmm. and being like one of the faces of it and the, the current face of it, of that you know, organization that did her only wrong. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, to a degree with how those gymnasts treated, basically bred in captivity. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I don't think it's toughness. Otherwise, she wouldn't be there. And no one will be able to fault her for not being tough when all of those are the circumstances at hand. Um, but, you know, I saw someone else kind of say this and it was like, you know, her doing this is in a way kind of standing up for every gymnast that can't do it, mm-hmm. that would be told to shut up and play through the injury. And, you know, someone even ex- just explicitly says like, there is one gymnast in the world that could have, bowed out of this at this time for that reason and it's her and it's like then yeah then she has every right and liberty to do so in my eyes yeah i I just think that if if the medication part is the real reason why all this happened something has to be done about that like there's no way like what what if she was on the olympics should be like international waters to a degree yeah like it should be its own little pod of mm -hmm. you follow sovereign land for the time yeah yeah, it's like you can't do like steroids and stuff. Like there's still Olympic rules, but because like what will like, happen like, if I'm... like look at I mean yeah I mean like America has it where it's just like that should it could be a prerequisite for getting to host the Olympics. It's like okay for these three weeks, this four square mile plot of land, you don't control. Yeah, because like what if what if she was on life saving medication that was illegal in Japan? Like, do you want her just to like? actually die in order to compete or would you make a amnesty for it which to me if you're if somebody needs to take something to live and you don't have to be life and death but like to actually live and be productive in society you shouldn't let them do that unless they have a complete disadvantage like there are people who do take steroids in order to like have Greg a hardy with the inhaler in the octave. yeah you know what i mean like well, at the, the end thing of the is day, like they they absolutely would have done that because you think about how much money and i know you know a lot of it is you know behind closed doors to a degree i think there's still capacity limits if i'm not mistaken but like her not going if it was if it was something where she was like i can't go if i can't take my medicine they absolutely would have let her do something because she that's a lot of money out the door if she walks home but then again they might have not done anything and just said let's play it by ear because giving her that power puts them at a disadvantage and they're all about power and I think that when it comes to stuff like this, it's it's hard to fathom that people think that this woman doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to do the same thing she's doing. Quite literally has intestinal fortitude to pass a kidney stone while competing. You dig? So it, it's wild to me that we look at her and being like, oh, 
can't do it. Don't understand. She broke under pressure. And even even if that was a case, which I don't technically believe, but even if that was a case, and like it's like one of those things, like and like what 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 are we what are we we actually lose by not having her compete? So why pile on to it? But I, I think it goes back to us talking about Russia, where it's just like where is that line though? Where is that line where we can just be like, okay you're allowed to do this, but everybody else may not be like, should all of Russian athletes been completely disbarred? And it was like, yo, sorry, that's your country. Like it is what it is. Should they be allowed to complete compete under a um, United flag where we still think that they're cheating? Where like somebody like a Simone Biles is trying to adhere to the rules. And obviously for whatever reason, she couldn't. So she chose to, he shows her own path and gets condemned for it to a certain extent but if she is off her medication and still want a bronze that's not even fair that's like serena win- winning a grand slam when she was pregnant well pregnant yeah i mean and the other thing that you know people won't give her credit for if they dug their feet in the sand and decided that she's a coward and this and that like she was out there with her teammates the entire time running back and forth mm-hmm. with the chocolate she was still as involved as she could be so, yeah, I mean, and that's what I will, would always appreciate about any athlete, really. If you say, I I can't do it today, mm-hmm. like, like you said, if you're going to be a detriment to the team, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want you playing either. And especially oh. in a sport that you're literally towing the line of life and death, which mm-hmm. with every time you leave the floor. And yep. with someone like her, you're leaving the floor so high that you're being penalized for it because other people can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. And and like and I think that a lot of this has to do with how great she, we don't care if people aren't great. Like we just don't care. Like this is one of those if Greg Hardy was the best heavyweight mixed martial artist in the world, we would be like, Oh, he took his inhaler. Whoops. Like it would have been like one of those things. Like when Brock Lesnar couldn't pass four PED tests because he mm-hmm. was just wrestling, we was like, fuck it, put him in the octagon. Like it was like whatever it's going to be. But when you're great at a certain level, we give you passes and we also hold you to a higher level of scrutiny, which I think this is really what that was. Because if somebody else on our team, we couldn't even name, no offense, we could not name her entire team, let alone three fourths of her entire gymnastics team that are in the Olympics right now before no. some of them started getting medals. So if somebody, I, I wouldn't have known team, Suni Lee until she won. Exactly. So if somebody else on the team is getting a met. If somebody was on the team did the same thing and it wasn't Simone Biles, we'd be like, OK, like we would just kind of keep that shit moving. It wouldn't even be. I haven't heard anybody say I can't believe Nigel didn't win a gold medal. I'm saying it because that's fucking Nigel. But like it's like nobody was like, oh, no, he got beat by by a preteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that we, we don't we want people to have success, but also don't like. I, I got really upset this evening at something I saw and it was someone asking a hypothetical question where this person I think should just be honestly, like maybe put behind bars just for asinine stupidity. Uh, if, if there was a, a charge for such a thing, uh, although we'd be even more flooded in the jail system if that was the case. So maybe not. Um, this person should be sentenced to some level of community service and like reading um, because they were basically asking if LeBron had two years to prepare, who wins in a boxing fight, him or Mike Tyson in his prime? And I was like, I don't understand how people, one, can dick ride that bad <laughs> and at the same time discredit an all-time great. Like Mike Tyson yeah. was telling Lennox Lewis that he was going to eat his kids. He was flatlining mm-hmm. the, you know, as elite of heavyweights as he probably could find at the time. 
Mike Tyson every, will beat the like shit out of LeBron weeks. right now. Yes. Mike Tyson will beat the shit out of LeBron right now. Yes. Yeah. Like, Roy Jones right Jr., now. you know, and granted, they're both in their mid-50s. He was high. And Roy Jones was like, I'd never do that again. And he carried Roy Jones because he didn't want to hurt him. Like, that's yeah. how nice of a guy Mike is. Mike, Mike stopped throwing uppercuts. Mike uppercut was the most vicious shit I've ever Mike. seen in my life Mike. for a heavyweight. Yeah, bye. You know, so like it was, it's to me, you write about that though. I think, I think there has to, it's, I blame America for this. We have way too much freedom of speech when it comes to outrageous <laughs> shit. So people, <laughs> so people just throw shit out there. Like for you to say, now, if you said if LeBron was LeBron James, the type of athlete he is in the NBA, and since he was five years old, he decided to box instead of play sure. basketball. That's a different convo. Different way convo. different. Way different. You tell me two you give, years You give to LeBron two years, he'll, it'll still be looking like that video of Stephen A boxing. He said, Mike Tyson, I'm a guy of war. I was put here to destroy. It's what I was born to do, Joe Rogan. Like, it's just like, he's yeah. a different kind of, you know how people say LeBron James was born to play basketball? Mike Tyson was born to flatline shit. Yeah, fight. What he was, 200 yeah, no, pounds yeah, that's solid a good thing. muscle. It's a better way of putting it. He was not born to fight. He was not born to box. He no. was there to make you go to sleep. Yes. In the he was 200 pounds. 200 pounds of pure muscle at 13 years old. Yeah. 200 pounds of pure muscle at 13. That's not a normal human being. That's a different kind of animal. This guy that, grew up on the, the that's streets. That's the guy that in, from the Kobe Kanye commercial of Are You a Different Animal and the Same Beast. That is Dude, Mike Tyson. It's insane. Mike Tyson is literally he and, and I don't I don't mean this. And he is literally an animal like Mike Tyson was raised like an animal. Mike Tyson he also, like at this point seems like such a sweetheart to be around when he's high. Yeah. But like when he's not high, you can still see that Mike is still there. That's true. Like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's like, like I, I say this to you off off of um, microphone. I was like, this is when we were just kicking it. And I was like, if somebody told the story of Mike Tyson's life. And didn't say who he was or what he did professionally, anything like that. If he was just a fucking accountant and he was like, this is this, this is Mike Tyson, the accountant. Look what he had to go through. He would be one of the greatest stories in American history. Like what he had to go through is insane to actually be being sexually assaulted as a child, being homeless as a kid, getting bullied as a kid, um, finding refuge in, in birds, going to group homes and institutions as a young kid, being abused at home, um, sleeping on roofs, sleeping outside. Like it's that's different. That's different. That's a different kind of like like they say. You won't find a, a championship fighter from a rich family, typically. This is not how they're built. It's built different, man. Mike, when they Israel Adesanya, Jamie Fox, Tyson, uh, allegedly, I'm, I'll wait to see what happens. Jamie Fox is also like 50, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that works. Oh, apparently they're turning it into a limited TV series instead of a biopic. That should be better if it's on like a Netflix or a Hulu or something. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. But, but like when Israel Adesanya was in, I think it was fighting Gastelum, and he was like, "I'm ready to die. Are you?" Mm-hmm. And he just like. It's not the same kind of person. That's a different kind of person. Most people just want to go home. Some people want you not to go home. Yeah, like even Nate Diaz. Nate, what's the plan? Go in there. Don't get hit. Walk mm-hmm. out with a bag of cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do some dope shit. Sorry. When Mike Tyson said, part. when Mike Tyson said, I'm going to push your nose through your brain. It was just like, and he said, I remember he explained it recently. He was like, I know this is physically impossible because, you know, you're going to stop it when you get to the forehead. But imagine how hard I can hit you. <laughs> it's a different kind of human. I've never been around anybody 
who just would say stuff like that and that'll be how they really felt. Like I've never been around, I've been around killers, I've been around fighters, I've been around never been around a Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is just a different breed. LeBron James is a nice. I, we didn't even believe LeBron James was a bad dad in Space Jam. We was like, well, that's yeah. not LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. My, my, now, now, if you said, if you said this though, this is a conversation I'm gonna throw at you. If we gave LeBron James five years to become Deontay Wilder, who would have had more success, LeBron James or Deontay Wilder? Ooh. I think still Deontay. There's he never fought years. before until he was in his 20s, I think. LeBron can't fought, learn a punch like that, though. They can both I said, be I ain't talking about now. Him. I'm talking about out of high school. They both learn how to start oh. fighting at yeah. I don't mean right now. I mean like LeBron strikes me as a guy that would be far more technical mm -hmm. just because he's a student of any game that he approaches. I think business, you know, basketball, everything. You can't learn that punch, though. You can't, but you can learn how to avoid it. <laughs> you can't there's teach a lot that punch. of people, but there's a lot of people that weren't able to avoid it, and they've been boxing for 30 years. Yeah, but we don't know their names. So how good were they? Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz, he he dodged it. He he got caught with one, no? He got caught with one, but he was 40. He didn't <laughs> fight Luis Ortiz. He dodged it for like 10 rounds, and then he was like, I'm That's 40. <laughs> I, I want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, like, dog, I already got paid. Why am I still here? <laughs> That's still my favorite fight ever. I still have no idea who it was, but you probably know the one I'm talking about. The bell rang. Dude just walked right out of the ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I got my said, show money. I showed. Yeah, he, he said he had a problem with his promoter, so he's like, fuck it. I'm not going in here and fight so that you can get paid. I'm out. Like, I, I, I made what I was going to make for the fight. Peace. Yeah. That was hilarious, dude. It that makes one, sense. That was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Could, but like, could you imagine if uh, someone did that to Dana? Oh, Dana, he'd be yeah, so sick. He'd be so sick. Like if Derek Lewis walks to the ring and he's just like, "This isn't for the real belt." Walk right back out. Yeah. See you in a couple. See you in a few weeks when I can fight in Ghana. So that that brings that brings me to a conversation. Um, speaking of the powers to be, this is what I call Dana White. Mm -hmm. Whiskey's good, by the way. I think it's whiskey. It's Dan has whiskey. a whiskey. Yeah, it's, or I, he's somehow heavily involved in it. I, I don't know if it is his. But it's like a banana whiskey, which I didn't think worked. That shit's good. How he does kind of look, he does kind of look like a banana, kind of peeking out of his pill. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an unripe banana. Why do the powers to be right? Who, what's up, what group of people in this country or what groups of people in this country do you think hold the most power to actually cancel people? Hmm. To actually cancel people. You can I mean, gladly say nobody if you want. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think to a certain degree, it's it's all dependent on who's perceiving it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like to, to feel like you have to sway to this person's cancel because this person tells me so, you have to kind of be part of the greater being of that other entity. Mm -hmm. So I was going to say, like, stand culture 
for sure has been able to, in their eyes, cancel people, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, everyone, not everyone, a lot of people that have gotten canceled for more menial shit bounce back. Like, like, I, like the one that pops to mind is like Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool. Like he's been canceled a bajillion times. But he wasn't really canceled. People just got mad at his lifestyle. That's different than being canceled. But some people think that he's canceled. But he just keeps making more money and more success. Dana, another like Dana should be canceled for just refusing to pay people what they're worth for putting their life on the line. But that's American. We don't cancel is, America. It is absolutely American. I don't disagree. So but I'm what I'm hitting. What I'm I don't hitting know. I, is, I don't know. What I'm hitting at is BTS fans, maybe because they'll bully you off the internet. Yeah, I'm not afraid of any small person, Granted. especially a small, especially a small person in a foreign land who will never actually see me. Like that doesn't bother me. <laughs> they don't know what so, that North Life is like. They don't know what that North. They don't, they never been to a poppy <laughs> store. They don't. Yeah. Our ramen is different. Our ramen yeah. hit different. that aloe water. She would have puts in your fist. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hitting at is how the baby is going through this whole, mm-hmm. this whole, um, this whole campaign of him being mm-hmm. dropped from festivals and being dropped from his sponsorships because of the, the remarks that he made on stage, plus him doubling down on those remarks on stage. And it got me to thinking, at what point are we pulling the moral call card? Because if the baby is getting dropped millions of dollars being lost because he said some insensitive things in between a song. Why don't we judge the songs that people are singing in the same vein as we're judging what they're saying when the beat isn't on? And I really do mean that because if you're telling me that the baby who says some dumb shit, absolutely dumb shit should not be able to, yeah, should not be, should not be able to perform at a place where you allow people to talk about smoking people's dead friends, literally smoking them as if they're weed, shooting people in the face, pimping out women, beating women, uh, scamming people, breaking laws, selling drugs, sometimes rape. Like we grew up listening to Eminem. Like, where, where's the moral card at? And is it because it wasn't? Well, I, that that's been. I, I'm I, I'm always hesitant how to word this, but that's my biggest gripe against what we'll call cancel culture as in a growing institution for lack of a better term is the hypocrisy in it is what drives me crazy is like, okay. They said things that we don't agree with things that are bad. I get that. But us being these digital uh, town folk with pitchforks showing up at their house like how, like how is that any better? Like you're basically creating, you know, like an online gang attack of this individual. You know, it, but and, and so I think the other thing that comes to mind is I think depending on what people are trying to cancel you for, if you play your cards right, there's a statute of limitations on cancellation. Kevin Hart got quote unquote canceled. And for you know, with the Oscar hosting thing. Um, and now he's you know one of the biggest movie stars, one of the biggest entertainers in the world again. Rock star shit. Shout out North Philly, but um, you know I, I think there is some of that, and I think like Louis C.K. is performing again, not to the level he was, but he's out there. 
you know, I, I think there's there's levels to this shit um, as it pertains to canceling. I think there's some people that, you know, it's all about it's all about intent. Intent, I think, is so critical in all these circumstances. I think it's why Portnoy gets away with it because of his brand has always been like um he that he's willing to push the line for the sake of a joke. Whether or not it's funny is certainly up to the individual, but he is, you know, he's as tapped in with his consumer as any business owner probably is. Um, or, you know, like Always Sunny is another perfect example. Like they did blackface, an entire episode in blackface like two years ago. And they've no one's ever tried to cancel them because it's so clearly parody. Um, so like I, I think it is important. Downey is another person. You look at Tropic Thunder, you know, like Jamie Foxx has spoken on it. And it's like, you know, I, I think their intent matters. And but I think it's why any level-headed individual is also able to sniff out a lot of the bullshit and focus on like canceling the people that should be canceled, like a Bill Cosby or Kevin Spacey or, you know, some of these other individuals that have done like truly disgusting acts rather than speaking poorly. Um, See, but, like I do think but, there's a difference. But I would have to, dis- I think that there is a difference, but I have to disagree with people canceling people who should be canceled because in all actuality, Bill Cosby went to jail for something he shouldn't have went to jail for. So if we're going to hold people accountable for doing wrong, shouldn't we hold the government accountable for putting an elderly blind man in jail for three years when legally there was no reason to put him in jail? Like, I think that's absolutely fair. You know, like, I think that we kind of parse it, like even even with the lyrics thing, like it's I mean, Kevin Spacey, I think, got a few bodies. So that's a little different. But um, it's like, would you would you say Tyler, the creator is probably top 10 music person in the world currently? My gut would tell me no. My my ears would say yes, just because he just won a Grammy last year or two years ago. He just dropped another tape. He has his own. He paid Drake a million dollars just to come out to his own festival that he runs and things like that. Plus all of his clothes and stuff. So I'm gonna put everything together. I'm gonna say Tyler's okay. a top ten musician in the world, at least by money standards. Let's just say that, right? Okay, that's fair. I I, I don't know a lot of his outside businesses, so I can't. Oh, really yeah, he, speak he has on a that. he has a partnership with Converse with Gucci with um some other shit like that's crazy this boy's out here he doing his thing in 2011 tyler the creator once said rape a pregnant bitch and tell my friends i had a threesome i'm not saying which is worse i'm not saying that you got to equate them but i look at it like it's amazing but there might be one that's slightly worse <laughs> and it's amazing <laughs> that we allow tyler to grow and i and i fucked with tyler heavy yeah like heavy we allow Tyler to grow from that. And we just kind of pass it off as, oh, he's just making a crazy song. Whereas, and we grew up on Eminem. Eminem's first two and a half albums should probably, I mean. Eminem should shit. have been canceled 20 times. Like, well, that was, that was a great, that was going around on uh, TikTok a few months ago. Was, yeah, I think, I think I've told you this. I think we maybe talked about this off air. It was like, they were trying to cancel him for love the way you lie. And I was like, mm-hmm. This is when the one. Marshall. That's this the is one. this is Marshall. This is Marshall being nice, dude. 2014. Rick Ross said Trayvon Martin never missed my target. 
Dog, like we say, and that's and, anything and for a rhyme. But and, <laughs> and the reason why I'm pointing these out is because it's obvious that when we talk about the destruction of black people, nobody gives a fuck. Like nobody gives a fuck. Like zero people gives a fuck. 90% of the rappers who I listen to today, who are of today or came before this, but still putting on music today, 90% of them at least once a song will talk about either doing drugs or selling drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and nobody's like, hey, don't be playing that Bonnaroo. He's a, he's, he might be a drug dealer. Like nobody talks about that. But like you say something about certain communities and automatically everything is off the table and it becomes this whole catastrophe. So in my mind, I'm like, what is that that allows some communities to obviously have a lot more power than other communities or have a lot more um, resources attached to them to pull resources from other people? Because when somebody's in a movie and they, and they drop in crazy words, we just look at it like it's art. If somebody's on a song and they're dropping crazy words, allegedly, allegedly, we're looking at it like it's art because people do get arrested for the lyrics. But right. when somebody turns the beat off, and they say something that if they said in the same they song, say something out of pocket. Yeah. We automatically, or like when I was watching the, the, the Woodstock 99 documentary, when DMX did just cause I love my niggas, I shed blood for my niggas. Let a nigga holla where my niggas, all I want to hear is right here. And he's like putting it out to the crowd every time he wants to say nigga and ain't nothing but white folk in that crowd. And he's just like putting it out there, like a hundred thousand. Well, well, that was the nigga. that happened. Was it who? Who? Where did it happen? Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick yeah. Lamar. Yep. Set that girl but, up. But I think school he set her boy, up. Schoolboy had one too, where he was like, "Nah, say it." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "If I say," so it was like, it was, uh, I, "I would not have been comfortable." But yeah, no, the Kendrick one was was the one. But it was just like, yeah, I don't know. And, and I think it goes back to what you said. There's too much freedom of speech which sounds so crazy to say because then you're directly censoring free speech which mm-hmm. goes we're not no 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 we're not censoring just free holding speech. accountable i'm about to say motherfuckers need to get their ass beat nowadays like like and i'm not saying it has to be a physical altercation but if you want to think about free speech it comes with consequences but and it's the echo chamber of that free speech online and people do not Twitter see the fingers. consequences of their actions until probably ever if not at all like or if it's too late so you can have your free speech but you got to see what's going to happen from and maybe that's what's happening with the baby but if we're doing that with the baby what are we doing with everybody else that was my whole thing like i'm not going to lose any sleep because baby has lost millions of dollars like i think it's fucked up overall the way mm-hmm. around i think it's fucked up but maybe that's that another spot that life. you can slide in no i'm good i don't really want the baby crowd you know but like <laughs> that's a, it's a lot of vaseline a lot of animated videos a lot of outrageous shit i got to get big jewelry i own one watch and that was a gift. Like, it ain't really me, you know? So, like, I got a better chance of sliding into, like, a J. Cole spot when he retired than anybody. But it's... You missed your shot. I, I don't want to blow it up, but I'm just going to say you missed your shot to get on a Cole tour. Listen, man, I missed my shot to do a lot of things, man. You know, that's why I shoot lefty now. But I think that we got to... we got Don't, don't we try gotta... and steal my swagger with the lefty leg. <laughs> I'm out here, like, Mike Red on these hoes. Um, but... We got to be better, man. I think we just got to hold each other accountable. I think we got to be better about what's going on, people, because we are taking away people's livelihoods without real, 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 real justification. Like, you can hold somebody accountable, but if, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if the baby goes bankrupt because you pulled all of his funding, did you win or did he just lose? Because what he said isn't going to stop anything. Right. I, I think I think the key of, of what, and it's such an idealistic way of looking at it, but that's who I am. Uh, at times but like we need to be better about treating 
ignorance on both sides with empathy more so than anything else. Like if you're like, oh, that was a really ignorant thing of him to say. Don't just attack his character like he may not know better. You know, it's probably the type of rhetoric that, you know, all that comes from somewhere. It's not like he just woke up and decided to say that. Like it's probably what was said, you know, in his upbringing that is not the same as, you know, Becky, you know, from the suburbs. Like that's not the type of crowd he grew up with, with like probably a really forward thinking education system as it pertained to sexual identity and STDs and whatever else. It's like the culture is different. So it's like, you know, but who, like you said, who does it benefit to greet that with animosity and anger and pitchforks and torches, you know, like treat it with empathy. Let's bridge the gap. And then maybe, you know, like you said, we allowed Tyler to grow. We've allowed like, look, I mean, you want to throw another one out there Like we allowed Bieber to grow like he was getting attacked, not, you know, in a, in a different way. But, you know, like when he was get really getting up to shit, like people didn't let that end his career. They still oh, wanted to listen to his music. We let and it ain't we. I don't mean black people. White folks let Bieber get away with talking about hanging niggas. Remember that video when he's a kid and he's singing once one less lonely nigger. If you if you hung a nigger, dog. Like I've seen it, I have forgotten about that. So so when when that video dropped and they were talking about some Bieber's getting high, Bieber speeding through neighborhoods, I was like, who gives a fuck? If we it's let that shit go, I'm gonna give you one more. I'm gonna give you one more of these hot bars from one of our. Uh, this is this is this is from D12's Bazaar. My little sister's birthday. She'll remember. I'm gonna do it like he does. <clears throat> my little sister's birthday. She'll remember me for a gift. I had ten of my boys take her virginity. <laughs> I feel like I gotta slow down. I feel like that's how he raps. But like, and and if he was in an interview, if he was in an and, interview, and, 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 and you just that, pulled like three, like that's yeah. it. You you could take five minutes and come back with a hundred. Oh, for sure. Easy. I probably don't even gotta look them up. If I could just start singing songs, I'm like, oh yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, what is it? Easy, ease, dick, smell like MC Ren shit. Like even <laughs> shit like that, like would be thrown as very ignorant these days. Uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So like for me, man, I don't know where we go from here, but I need to bring that up because it's just nobody's gonna speak to the hypocrisy of it all, and we're also not gonna speak to how. Motherfuckers can talk about killing black people, brown people, raping women, all this kind of crazy shit, selling drugs, all the selling guns, um, anything you want. But when you're off the beat, yeah, and you say things about certain communities, everything stops. And maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, but that's just not the way it is. So it feels very hypocritical when one community is now being uh targeted with these words, but all these other communities who've been targeted with these same words are now uh are now at the behest of the one community that's now mad. I agree. Couldn't agree more. That's what I'm saying. You know, treat, treat that, you know, I, I think it's like everyone, everyone can be better, but that goes for even the people that are trying to make other people better and hold them accountable for things they say, you know, do the uncomfortable thing and approach it in an op- as an opportunity to grow rather than an opportunity to bury someone uh, six feet under because it ain't worth it. Mm-mm. 
I don't know if there's anything more we can say beyond that. No, I think we good, man. Nice quick episode talking about the Olympics, talking about white people keep creating games to get in, get back into the Olympics. You know, it's going to be interesting. got to get our gold. I, th- I think y'all should just host your own, like, sporting events in Europe. Like, I think if y'all want that to be that hard but and stop poaching uh, African countries. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We can't hold it in Europe because all the people of African heritage are eligible to compete and, you know, because of all the colonization. Which, by the way, you know, just because I I watched Black Widow recently, so I've been in kind of a Marvel mood the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. That is maybe still one of the funniest single lines in the entire MCU was, uh, what did Sherry say? It was like, get out of my way, colonizer. (laughs) 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 And then then Mbaku, another another white boy for me to fix. Yeah, he was (laughs) like, you don't talk here, colonizer. I should feed you to my apes. It did. Just kidding. We're vegetarians. <laughs> you were shook. So funny. So funny. The Black Panther, and I know I'm biased because I'm black and I like Panthers. Are you? But Black Panther is hands down, not even close to best Marvel movie that they made in that universe. Like, it's not even like, it, I think, it has I think such uh, depth. IMDb and or Rotten Tomatoes agree with you. Dude, it has such depth. It has is beautifully made. It, it makes you actually care about the villain, unlike any other Marvel movie thus far. Except the for maybe only Bucky. one, Bucky and Loki would be the only ones I put in that class. Yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. So it's it's so good, man. I, honestly, I I like I want sequels, but if it was a standalone movie, I wouldn't be mad. I know it's not, but like if it was a standalone, I would not feel any kind of web. Like, yeah, okay, cool. On to the next one. Bring Blade back. You dig, Mahershala Ali? Well, well that's coming soon. Mm-hmm. some point i don't know it feels like everything's been pushed back for forever yeah and pay scarlet dana for some reason yeah. i think it's dana's fault so. <laughs> oh no it works he works for disney now too <laughs> makes sense yeah fucking makes pay the sense. woman dana pay the morning dana pay the woman dana and we are quite right yeah